Hello. Hello. Salam and good evening to you, worthy friend. Please, please come closer. Uh, too close, a little too close. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Disney Brit Radio Show. It is episode 157, I think, and it's for the 2nd of March 2015, and uh, joining me as always is Alan. Hello, Alan. Hi, Adam. How are you doing? I'm not too bad. How are you? Oh, you know when people say they've got man flu? Yeah. I feel like I've got Ebola. That's how bad it is. Oh, jeez. I'm glad you're not sat next to me. We have to put you in some sort of quarantine zone. Yeah. I'm in in my room by myself. I'm, I'm... Keeping it from other people, apart from when I've been cooking. Sounds like the best idea, because yep. um, you're obviously clearly dying on us, which is not a good thing. Yeah. Um, but don't worry, because if Alan does keel over this evening, which is likely to happen, and that's absolutely fine, we've got um, ably supported this evening by the largest cast we've had on the podcast for some time. Joining us from up north and from the, uh, the Dream Girls <laughs> podcast is Michelle. Hello, Michelle. Hello there. And joining us from over there in uh, sunny Orlando, it's Nicholas Cicero. It's great to be with you guys, and I'm glad I'm not in the same room as any of you because no. it sounds kind of sick over there. It, it doesn't sound good, does it? You know. But then again, oh. we say that didn't Disneyland start some ep- mass epidemic of measles or something recently? So you know, you lot aren't much better. Yeah, yeah, but that was after I after I left. Uh, oh, a couple right. of days after I left, people were blaming it on me. I had nothing to do with it. <laughs> So we've got Michelle and Nick joining us anyway this evening because we want to talk about two things. Michelle has become a bit of an advocate for Disneyland recently and seems to spend every spare minute she's got over there. So we want to talk to her as a Brit about the differences between Disneyland and Walt Disney World and Disneyland Paris and kind of those people who are, have always thought, I fancy California, but it's a long flight and is it really that different? We're going to get Michelle's sort of opinion on that. Um, we've also got Nick on because Disney have um, announced another Run Disney event, which you guys might be interested in. And we thought we'd spoke, talk to Nick because Nick has been doing Run Disney events now for a good couple of years about how they run the sort of things you can get involved in as part of that and we're going to talk to you a little bit more about what you could do with us with regards to those events and um, we've got our usual tomorrow's child we've got the great disney brick cook-off we've got ultimate attraction uh, we've basically got more stuff than you can shake a stick at pretty much this week so without any further ado i think it's time that we uh, cracked on and got on with today's disney news and rumors Good morning, sir. Good morning, Zazu. Checking in with the morning report. Fire away. Right, it's time for uh, our 4x4. I get changes every week. It's 3x3, it's 2x2. It's our 4x4, four bits of news for you, which we're going to quickly go through the headlines for and then talk a little bit about. So, from me, the French are running. Nick. Disaster at Castaway Key. Michelle. 
pirates to flee for the summer. And Snotty Allen. Disney Brit bait day. <laughs> Lovely. Right, four bits of news for you just to quickly go through. And the first one is, of course, to do with Disneyland Paris and the new run Disney event that's just been announced. We want to uh, confirm to you that from the 23rd to the 25th of September 2016, Disneyland Paris is holding its first ever run Disney half marathon weekend. It's going to be open for guests of all ages. What exactly the content is going to be for this, we don't know as of yet. We're expecting there will be a 5K, a 10K, and a half marathon. There's likely to be some sort of event for the children as well, but exactly what the content of that's going to be and how it's going to work, we don't know yet. People have been guessing on possible routes uh, for the event. We know it's definitely going to go through both parks it will go through both disneyland park and walt disney studios and it's also then likely to use the road network around the disney resort in order to complete the entire 13 mile route um are you coming to join us michelle are you going to run well i am quite tempted if it's going to be a 5k that i could manage to walk around very slowly <laughs> that's cheating it's a, it's a run disney event the whole point is supposed to run it not walk it well if disney brit wants to provide the bear for me to run away from i'm more than happy to give running a shot oh, but okay. i am not built for running bear. <laughs> i thought you were going to get dizzy bear to chase you you'll do it a bear costume to wear i was like if you want to run as a bear that's absolutely fine <laughs> nick are you are you gonna make it are you gonna do it uh yeah you got you guys buying my plane tickets and everything right no oh we would offer you space in our houses to stop, but we'd live in England. Yes, it's kind of, <laughs> you can stay in my house, but I won't be there. I'll be in France. Uh, so, do, do you fancy it? Are you are you really tempted? Well, you know, I'd love to do it. I just don't know with everything else I can afford the the trip. Yeah, it's going to be really expensive. There's a lot of people who've been waiting for this for a very long time, and are getting very excited about the fact they can now come and run this event. But um, I know having spoken to some americans on cruises that have come out of, of france and things like that just how expensive the airfare is to places like paris so uh it will be interesting to see the demographic of the people who run this and how it works um to tell you a little go on alan i was gonna say i think it'll be interesting to see actually what does happen with this event because um disney have started to collect information from listeners and guests yeah. and um everyone that wants to go to it but the only information they really collected is name age what events you're interested in 5k 10k or half marathon and if you've got kids yeah that's pretty much all they're asking. And that's basically all they're collecting from you they're not saying i don't know are you going to do the run you know just just general interest yeah to see what and i suppose to see whether or not they're going to offer and i assume those. disney are then going to hopefully make a decision on whether that they're going to continue with the event yeah i think so well if you are interested in doing the event uh you can help us as well because what we've decided we were going to do this is this is as foolishly saying I, i've obviously started running uh alan's been running as well and we've been working towards a 5k gradually and uh we kind of said to each other if disneyland paris decide to do the half marathon weekend we're going to run it. We're going to do it. So we've both decided, yes, we will be there for that weekend. And we are both going to run the half marathon. I can't believe I'm agreeing to run 13 miles. Good for the you things, guys. The things Disney does, honestly. So we're going to do the half marathon. We've decided we are going to go for it. But what we decided to do as well is not only will we do it, we want you guys to do it with us. And for some people, they've never been running. And the idea of being able to run through Disney parks, I think, is something that appeals to a lot of people who haven't necessarily run before. So what we thought we'd do was to support everybody and get everybody going. We have set up or setting up a Disney Brit running team. And the idea is that we will run together. We'll have our full running shirts and all that sort of stuff. We're going to raise money for charity as 
well. Uh, we've already put some feelers out there for people about the sort of charity they'd like us to raise money for. And we'll be putting a poll probably up on our Facebook page over the next week or so to ask you to vote for which one you think we should raise money for. And we are going to support each other, work together, and we are ultimately going to run this half marathon for charity on the 25th of September 2016. So if you want to join us in this mammoth effort, because I can tell you now, before Christmas, running and me were like polar opposites. <coughs> running was a swear word to me before Christmas. I um, believe it. So, yeah, it's true. Um, so the only time I ran was when it was a steep hill and I, I started to accidentally run because I couldn't walk at the pace I was going. That was pretty much it. I thought you were going to say because um, you were going downhill. <laughs> that's that's all it was. So um, if you want to join us, you can go to DisneyBrit.com forward slash DBRT, Disney Brit Running Team. So DisneyBrit.com forward slash DBRT and you can sign up on there and all we're asking for, very basic, is your name, your email address and which of the running events you're interested in doing. Uh, we will then contact you a little bit later with any information that we've got, i.e. registration, all that sort of stuff, and basically try and support each other in attempting to do this half marathon together on the 25th of September. So there we go. If I can do it, anyone can do it. Yeah. Um, Agreed. I'm, I'm going to put in, put into the ground here that Nick's actually inspired me several times in this uh, running thing. Oh, go on. Aww. And what my plan is to do, and I don't know how I'm going to achieve it yet, but I'm going to attempt to do all three days for the wow. women. Wow, okay. Well, I definitely couldn't do the Friday, I'll still be working, but it's depending on how I go, maybe I'll do the 10K one day and the half marathon next, we'll see. We'll anyway, see. we will talk about Disney running a little bit later on. Nick, let's move on to you, what's going on? Yeah, uh, unfortunately, I have the downer story here. Uh, unfortunately, yeah, we have news that a 38-year-old man is reported to have drowned at Castaway Key, which is uh, you know Disney's private island that they uh, visit on the Disney Cruise Line. Yep. Uh, reports have not confirmed any uh, other info, like his name or too much uh, too much more details. We do know that that a part of Castaway Key, there's a section that's kind of unmanned by lifeguards. It's a swim-at-your-own-risk area. Uh, there's other areas that are well, you know, manned by lifeguards. We don't know what area this man was swimming in uh, when he drowned, but it's uh, just an unfortunate situation there. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Castaway Key is a big place, you know, and, and there's no way that people aren't going to go there and things aren't going to happen. And it, it's unfortunate this has happened. But um, it, I suppose, if anything, it's just an awareness that uh, Castaway Key can have current, it can have, you know, areas where they're not manned and just to be careful when you're doing that. So, uh, yeah, but it's a beautiful I think, place. I think on, the, on the size of, if it's the scale of Disney's business and property, the amount of guests that pass through its books on a daily basis, yeah. it's inevitable that there's going to be injuries and accidents. There is, yeah, of course. And um, I think on, the, on this sheer volume of numbers, as a numbers game, there is going to be a couple of fatalities. Although Disney do do quite well with them keeping track of guests and their safety. Just out of interest, who here has been to Castaway Key? I have. Have you been, Nick? I have not yet. Michelle? I haven't, I'm afraid, no. Oh, it's just me. Oh, okay. You yeah, just rub it in. No, I, I, I genuinely <laughs> didn't know whether Nick and Michelle had been. Just just out of interest, who's a DVC member? <laughs> uh, I might, I, I'm not. I might be. Michelle? <laughs> nope. Nick? Nope. nope. <laughs> yeah, Nick kind of, there's no point Nick being a DVC member for the fact that he lives just as close as... I don't know, he might have brought him to Alani. You never know, he might have brought him to Alani, that's true. Uh, okay, Michelle, what have you got for us? Well, after a two-day safety inspection, Pirates of the Caribbean at the Magic Kingdom has been scheduled for some major alterations. I gather that the issue is be was being looked at after 
the incident that happened, oh gosh, sometime last year, yep. where a guest lost his tip of a finger, um, pinky finger, ring finger, etc. Yeah. And the scheduled closure is going to be May 11th through September 25th. So that's a big chunk out of the busy season for Walt Disney World. You know what this means, Alan? Woohoo! Big summer blowout! Tis for you, isn't it, eh? <laughs> no, wow. I'm, I'm dreading it. One of my favourite rides. I just wanted to go back on that ride with my kids. My kids are getting older. I remember going, if it's lashing down in rain, it's a great ride to get out of the rain. It is. Unfortunately, not anymore. So, now, I get, do you guys, I get... now, do you guys know about these boats? Because these are like new boats that they, they are, put yeah. in sometime last year. Yeah. And they were really, you know, fitted for today's guests. They, they, they hold more weight and everything. But yet, the, it was still on the old ride track system. And I don't know if you guys have been on Pirates of the Caribbean here at Disney World since these new boats have been on. But yes. they're awful boats. Yeah, they are. I actually get wetter, I think, in these old boats. You do. Boats no, that is a ones. thing. Yeah. That's 100% yeah, a yeah, thing. You get, you get a lot wetter because uh, water kind of splashes in over the sides. They don't fit the... the the track system that well water splashes in over the sides after the the, the drop uh water splashes up almost like splash mountain if you're in the front row you're getting very wet yeah. <laughs> and you never used to on pirates of the caribbean and they kind of hit the rail and almost bottom out at sections too they're very weird and and you guys know they they stop people from sitting in the last row yeah they've been keeping it empty haven't they for a while mm. yeah they they recently have let people start sitting in the last row or two now but uh uh, yeah, this is this we kind of saw coming just because of all the problems they're having with these boats. I think that they're having a bigger problem here than they're letting on. So hopefully this gives them enough time to either fix the track system to go with the boats or fit new boats to the track system. I don't well, know which was, way they're going. There was due to be a closure, I think, later on in the year for some sort of um, re update or something with, with regards to the scenery. So I wonder exactly. whether they're going to push that forward. Uh, so they're going to do the boats and all of that at the same time, hence the reason why there's a... A lengthy closure. So I'm hoping it's not going to open till September, open for a month and a half, and then I think it's due to close somewhere mid-October, November time. So fingers crossed they'll do it all in one go and it won't then hamper later on you'd, in the year. You'd have thought, though, if it's just the boats that's the issue, surely they've got plenty of boats floating around from Maelstrom or the old Pirates of the Caribbean <laughs> that they could just swap over. <laughs> yeah, Maelstrom boats. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, 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 Pirates of the Viking Caribbean doesn't quite work, does it? It works well with me, as long as they do it <laughs> so until after me. Maybe if you just ask them nicely, they'll let you walk down the empty track. I'll go in a dinghy, just, an just inflatable boat, that'll do it. There'll be no water just, in there. Just grab a tube from Typhoon Lagoon and take it down. <laughs> yeah, just just out of interest. Like From what I understand of this guy losing his fingers, yeah. I assume he was had his hands hanging out the boat. Yes, he did. Oh, yeah. They were mm -hmm. practically under the boat. The guy was reaching way over, according to uh, other guest reports. Yeah. So, and yeah. I will say that I have seen videos of people on Splash Mountain lying back in the boat, hands dipping in the water. And, you know, it's the same sort of thing that's potentially going to happen there, that the boat will clash against the rails. There's a reason why they have signs saying, please keep hands, arms and legs inside the boat at all times. I've got to say, there's no point in my lifetime that I've ever thought... This is lovely and relaxed. I'm just going to dip my fingers into oh. this, this septic <laughs> water down there. Oh. Be lovely, wouldn't it? Eh? Oh, just wouldn't do it for me. Right. Disney bite size. Okay. What we've done last week, we decided to launch a second show, yep, basically. We we've now taken Disney Brit weekly. We've got the full normal show, which is this show. Next week, we're going to have Disney 
Brit Bite Size Episode 2. What we're doing is we're focusing on a smaller topic and focusing one single show on that. Yes. The last episode we had Lee Malaby on from the unofficial Universal Orlando podcast. We had a full-on punch-up about which was better, Universal or Disney. It was um, the first first off. I think we held, handled it very politely. It was very good. No, it was. It was very constructive. Um, Universal versus Walt Disney World. Um, because as you, you guys will both know that you can't be a fan of both Universal and Walt Disney World. It's got to be one or the other for some reason. You can never have someone sort of it's having a conversation like go, yeah, I love Universal and I also love Walt Disney World. It's one or the other. So we decided to bring the king of Universal in versus Adam Goodger. <laughs> and uh, okay, the king of Walt Disney World. No, no, it's really not in in Leicester. Um, and I, I think we've both we've covered up some good topics on there. We showed the highlights and the lowlights of both both parks, yeah. and also highlight the fact that you can't really actually compare them both. No, they're they're different. They're not, they're not comparable. No. But um, obviously, that was episode one of um, Disney Brit Bite Size. That's available also on iTunes on our usual feed. Um, and we'll be releasing another Disney Brit Bite size next week. Which so, will be possibly about Avatar Land. Yes, so we're talking a little bit about that and about what we know about it and about things that are changing. But we you know, we felt we got so much spare time that we thought we'd take Disney Brit Weekly. But people have been asking for us to do Disney Brit Weekly and we thought well, we didn't want to do the same show every single week, so we try and change it up a little bit and make and and, and you know, do something a little bit different if we possibly can. So this idea came for Disney Brit Bite Size. We decided to do it. And uh, if you like it, we'll keep going. And if you don't like it, tell us and we'll stop. It's that simple. <laughs> or we won't stop because we'll just keep going. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. I love the idea. Up. That's a cool idea, guys. Well, it's that sort of thing. You know, we, when we were doing this show, we didn't we didn't necessarily have the time to have the massive discussions about certain news items or things like that. So we wanted to dedicate a show that would give us that opportunity to do it. Hence the reason why it came about, basically. And the concept was half an hour. No news, no rumours, yep. nothing like that. And the first episode was uh, 55 minutes. So, uh, <laughs> there you go. Anyway, Walt Disney World refurbs and closures for the 1st of March to the 14th of March. In the Magic Kingdom, Cinderella's Royal Table is still shut till the 6th. Uh, Harmony Barbershop is closed until the 30th of March. And The Sea Journey to Little Mermaid is closed until the 6th. And It's a Small World is closed from the 3rd of March to the 13th. In Epcot, Maelstrom's closed until the 26th, uh, 2016, sorry, when it opens. 26th of 2016. 2016 when it reopens with some sort of frozen arama thing. Animal Kingdom's got... I like how you phrase that. It's like Maelstrom closed, but it's not coming back. It's closed for good. It's gone. Carly River Rapids closed and is now actually reopened. It's closed until the 4th of February. this is old news. I'm glad it's open. Flame Tree Barbecue's closed until the 31st of March creature comforts is closed until the 14th of june uh the sorcerer's hat has now completely disappeared you please yay know. it's taken long enough honestly i've never seen so many day-to-day photos of a hat <laughs> slowly disappearing i've never known anything like this is how slow disney news is at the minute that people are actually going into hollywood studios every day just to take photos i've, I've come up with a ploy actually that hollywood studios is one of the least attended parks out of all the walt disney world parks so they've gradually reduced uh, gradually taken the hat away in order to increase attendance for people going in to take photos of the hat slowly disappearing. Yep. That's my theory. It's a conspiracy. It, it, it was absolutely ridiculous because they took the, the top bit off way first. Yeah. The top section went, the next section down, yeah. third section. Then the easiest accessible bit, the brim, that's taken like two weeks yeah, or something yeah, like that. It's an age, it's ridiculous. 
it was, it was daft. Uh, Blizzard Beach is closed until 14th of March, and in downtown Disney, there's roadworks on Buena Vista Drive, and they continue until spring 2016, when they're going to widen that road to 10 miles. 10 lanes, 10 miles? 10 lanes. Which will be quite a dedicated wide. bus lane. <laughs> a 10-mile-wide road. And um, Pedestrian Bridge is going to be in there as well. Right, uh, Alan, with your best French, what's happening? My, my no best French, um, refurbs for Disneyland Park. We've got Space Mountain Mission 2. It is going to be closed until the 30th of April. That's not Avril. That's French Avril. for April. Yeah, that's the one. Um, Mysterio de Nautiles is going to be closed until the um, 30th of April. Another one that's closed. Captain EO is going to be closed March 9th to 11th, 16th to 18th, 23rd to 25th, and 30th to the 31st of March. Crazy times. Um, and Dumbo, that's French for Dumbo. It's going to be closed um, from the 23rd of February till the 24th of April. Quite a long closure, that. That is quite a What's long with the Captain EO thing? Is that just like a seasonal attraction? Yeah, it, it has sort of become a seasonal attraction now, yeah. Um, mm. And to be honest, last time I went on it, um, it was like they'd put on a private performance just for me. <laughs> so, so there it's, you go. it's absolutely strange. Like, usually you've got other attractions at the studios which are also closed. Same sort of setup. Yeah. Like, the Backlot Tour used to be sort of two days on, two days off. And bizarrely, it's the only one that's got the short period of closing this time. Yeah. Um, Walt Disney Studios, we've got Stitch Live. It is going to be closed, or Fermé, which I think is French for closed. That is, yeah. Um, 9th and 10th of March. Oh, Michelle, you're not a French teacher, are you? Um, I technically coordinate French for the school, so yes. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, do I get a yeah, F uh, for French, like my GCSEs? I may have just set you up for a fall there, Alan. Right, so we're going to take a quick break. Um, we will be back in a second. We're going to talk to uh, Nick all about Run Disney. We'll be back in one minute. For the past 10 years, Orlando attraction tickets have been providing the UK with cheap Disney tickets for Walt Disney World and the surrounding Orlando attractions. With a low deposit scheme of just £10 per person, you can book your tickets in advance knowing you're in good hands. Orlando Attraction Tickets are the only ticket company to allow you to pay your balance off in instalments online and with no credit or debit card fees, free UK sign for delivery and you are fed Fastpass Plus enabled tickets now shipping. There is no other choice for your Orlando ticketing needs than Orlando Attraction Tickets. Visit www.orlandoattractiontickets.co.uk or call 0845 226 8523 that's Tickets.co.uk or call 0845 226 Want to keep up to date with all the latest Disney news and rumors? Then make sure to check out www.disneybrit.com, your number one source for the magical world of Disney. Hey, this is Bill Farmer, the voice of Goofy, and when I'm in Britain, I listen to the Disney Brit Podcast.
Right, it's time to talk Run Disney because, as we said a little bit earlier, Disneyland Paris decided they were going to hold a Run Disney event. It was supposed to be 2015 initially, and then it changed and became the weekend of the 23rd to the 25th of September 2016. They've already mentioned we're going to be setting up the Disney Brit running team, but we thought it would be a really good idea to talk to somebody who's actually had the opportunity to take part in a Run Disney event. Therefore, we said, Nick, will you come on the show and talk to us a little bit about Run Disney? So, do you want to, Nick, sort of start us off about with, with kind of what your experience is? with run disney are what are the races that you've done now yeah i you know i got really into run disney and it's really become a huge thing to the running in general i think has become really big at least yeah uh here in the states is it is it kind of over there as well it's become kind of a fad yeah it does seem to be becoming more and more popular i must admit i do pass more and more people when i'm out on the streets yeah it's (laughs) really <laughs> it's really cool. You know, here's the thing. I like you was not a runner. No. Um for, you know, I would never run. I would I, I just didn't like it. I, I didn't enjoy it, uh, especially here in Florida in the hot weather. You know, I was like, why would I want to run? Well, a few years ago, 4 years ago now, uh I'm a big Donald Duck fan and my friend showed me this uh, race medal that you get uh, if you did the half marathon. It was themed to Donald Duck and it was That's a special right. medal for the 15th anniversary of the run and uh you know i collect all kinds of donald duck stuff and they said i need that you know how much can i pay for that and he's like well you might be able to find it on ebay afterwards but why don't you just sign up and do the run i'm like no shut up i'm not doing that um and then i thought more and more about it i was like okay why not you know like it, it maybe it's a thing I'll, I'll enjoy doing i don't know but you know i i looked into it and people uh it didn't seem that bad so it was a half marathon and uh, so i signed up for it and uh i ran in my first half marathon like i said four years ago i didn't know what to expect and i had an absolute blast now can uh, i can i just stop you a second because i'm yeah. pretty certain you did this the first marathon you did was while we were doing sort of the iron orlando and destination disney stuff and yeah. you turned around to us and went i've signed up for a half marathon and we were like yeah. what and we all thought this was hysterical because nick hadn't done any exercise in his life and right. um, and didn't you do the first half marathon with hard, hardly any training or running experience whatsoever i did i i signed up in early december for a run that was in mid-january that's right i vaguely remember this happening <laughs> and i was scared I, I i'm not gonna lie i was very nervous but uh, i went out there and i did some running and you know i got up to the point where i think i did a session of like nine miles and you know but i run walk just to let people know i mean we get into the whole training aspect of things yeah. but I run walk and a lot of people out there literally walk the entire half marathon, 13 miles. Uh, People walk the entire 26 miles of the marathon as well. If you power walk, you could get in under the time that they, you know, and you stay at steady speed, you could get in under the time that they have um, as as the cutoff times. Um, But yeah, I do a, I do a jog walk and uh, there's plenty of training uh, things online. In fact, Disney's own with that Jeff Galloway training uh, a thing that they have on their on the Run Disney website. Yeah. It's yeah. a very good training program. Uh-huh. Um, I do a variation on it, and it's, it's you know if you if you stick to it, you could do it. And it's very and honestly is minimal work for a lot of reward because these uh, Disney runs, you're you're train you train out in the real world and stuff like that. But it's nothing like it once you get to the actual run. You yeah. forget. Um, you, you don't you don't really. 
notice that you're running. I mean, you have all these people around you. You have Disney characters. People don't understand this. You know, you have you have Disney characters. You have Disney music. You have Disney entertainment. Okay, so let's and, let's go to that bit then. Let's yeah. let's talk about the actual race itself because a lot of people will do their five k's, their ten k's, the half marathons, and they they are literally running through the streets of whichever city it is that's running it. So right. with Disney, they 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 almost provide entertainment as you go round. They provide a lot of entertainment. First of all, I, I am going to say it is all about the finisher medals, though. Yeah, of course. Look, if you haven't seen them for previous runs, Google Run Disney, you know, or half marathon, full marathon, whatever, uh, finisher medals, because they are gorgeous and they're with every bit of the admission price to the run. Uh, you get these just for finishing in the allotted time, and, and that's really what motivates me, and that motivates a lot of people. But once you get there, yeah. There are uh, there. You can expect character meet and greets that you would never really get to meet anywhere else because they're very rare. Maybe yeah. out occasionally at parties yeah. or, you know, special events. Yeah. And uh, so that's really really cool. And the lines are minimal. And uh, I will say here here's a little thing. In my first half half marathon, you know, I was very concerned about the time I was going to run in. And I still stopped for like, I don't know, some ridiculous like 15 character stops. <laughs> and you're, you're thinking like some of them are like literally just a minute. Some of them for like, like, let's give an example of maybe like Jack Sparrow and Barbosa. Yeah, they were a longer wait. I maybe had to wait five minutes for them. So honestly, like out of my, you know, three and a half hours that I'm out there in the course, about a half an hour of that's character stops. It's yeah. ridiculous. So it actually uh, gives you the break, doesn't it? If you're, you're really tired at that point and you need a break, you can go and queue for a character. It gives you a few minutes rest before you then carry on with the rest of your route. It, it is, but I caution people on that. I, I found like kind of a happy medium. I also, uh, you know, my first full marathon, yeah. I was like, yeah, I could stop for a bunch of character stops. Well, towards the end, it was very hard to start going again. Right. After I stop for the character yeah. stop. So be very careful about that and then know where you are in, in training. Now, when I got to my second marathon, I was much more in shape and training, knew what to expect, and I was able to uh, compensate for that better and then knew what to expect. But yeah. uh, just be careful as far as that goes. Because, yes, it feels really good, like you said. You know, a lot of times you get a burst of energy after a character stop, but by mile 18 character stop, I was like, well, <laughs> you know, I could barely get going again. Fair enough. So be careful about that. But Disney Entertainment, you know, they're going to have parade floats out there. They're going to have dancers. They're going to have, uh, you know, any kind of entertainment. So I'm assuming, you know, like the equivalent, they'll have the equivalent uh, Disneyland Paris Entertainment. Like so, he, yeah. here they have like some of the parade floats from Festival of Fantasy, Main Street Electrical Parade, yeah. and some of the entertainment from those uh, things. And, and they're, they're out there and they're speakers with music and stuff like that. And it's great. Okay, so so we're not talking about a, your standard run, which is which is good to know. No. So we're looking, you know, Michelle is saying she might be persuaded to do this. Um, she's got. We're now in January. Well, sorry, January, March, two thousand fifteen. The run's September two thousand sixteen. So we're we're saying that somebody who has never run before in their life has more than enough time to train themselves up to do this half marathon. You really do because if you know, again, I, I'm. I'll throw all the disclaimers out there, consult your physician and all that stuff. Yeah, but of course. Right. But I will say that there are people out there. I mean, I'm not going to get into specifics, but you you know what I'm talking about, folks. You're looking around and you're like, seriously, you you move a half marathon? You could do a half <laughs> You know, 
there's people with the body shapes that you would not expect to be out there, but there's they come back year after year. And it's because, one, the atmosphere can easily motivate you. And two, it's a little secret. Like, I, I will take all the, you know, all the credit, you know, and stuff. And I feel really good after I do it. Believe yeah. me. Um, after I ran my first dopey, which we could go into later, which was a, a 10, 5K, 10K, half and full in four straight days, wow. I literally broke down crying when I crossed the finish line. It was such a monumental, uh, you know, uh, thing that i did in yeah. my you know for myself was a yeah, personal yeah. accomplishment and these really are but to be honest with you they're not as difficult as people think you could literally power walk and maybe jog a little bit and do the entire thing it's more an endurance thing than uh i have to be in peak athletic shape okay yeah. that was my biggest concern it was that idea of you know i can i keep going enough to finish a half marathon but it kind of puts me at ease a little bit that you reckon you can do a kind of a run walk thing and still finish it in that particular time which is good easily easily yeah, a power good. walk through a whole half marathon you can get through through a full marathon i think you have to pick it up a little bit because you're gonna, you're gonna slow down this pace a little yeah, bit um just in general but i will say also what motivates you the cast members standing along the side of the road cheering for you uh, it kind of gives you goosebumps. I'm not gonna, you know, I'm, I'm, it's it's a Disney thing, and 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 there's people out there that are really supporting you, and yeah. volunteers, and, and just people out there representing different charities and stuff. They're cheering for you, you know, as you as you're running. It, it's it's motivational, and yeah. and that will add a you know a few steps into your into your time. I mean, it will help you a little bit. So you're you're gonna probably get a better time than than just running around your neighborhood, running around Disney, because that motivation actually adds to your um, you know endurance and pace a little bit. Yeah. I okay. think some of the part that I find when I'm doing my training around the streets because I, I run with a few of the dads from the neighborhood, and when I start running, I start talking. And as soon as I start talking, basically everyone else shuts up and I'm just rabbiting away for... I suppose you forget about the running bit, don't you? It's, it's the distraction. Yeah. It's the actual plodding your feet one after another is, is boring. Now, take that to Disney World, I imagine all the distraction that's around you sort of keeps you going because you're not even thinking about what your feet are doing. And that's the reason why we kind of came up with this running team is the fact that we've got a group of people who can all support each other in, in doing this marathon together if necessary and you've got those people with you. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about cost then, because um, one of the things I've noticed that run Disney events are far more expensive than your, your average half marathon in a city. So what's what's an average half marathon going to cost us to run, Nick? All right, if you're looking at uh, Walt Disney World, you're going to pay, it, it's, it's oddly enough, the same price for a full marathon or a half marathon. Okay. And there's only one full marathon. And that's in January at Walt Disney World. Yeah. Disneyland does not have one. Okay. Uh, but it's $175 right now to do the full marathon. Right. And that is the same exact price for actually the half marathon, believe okay. it or not. $175. And that's early registration. Like, there are a few different deadline dates, and it will go up to about $30 or $40 more than that by the end. But that's the initial registration fee. So you've got to uh, get in early. Yes, get in early. And, and I, that's, that's a huge thing. Um, it never even gets to the raised prices. These things sell out. Like I said, running has become so incredibly popular and run Disney has become so incredibly popular. That's why they could charge this much because if you're looking at a regular marathon around you know around town or let's uh, there's not many marathons. so let's go like half marathon or even yeah. 5k, 10k. Yeah. you're looking yeah. at maybe 20, 30, 40, 50 bucks. 
So to give you an idea of what that is, 175 in, in British pounds, you're looking at about 110 pounds roughly. So it'll be interesting to see whether that equates to the same price of Disneyland Paris because it's the inaugural, I don't know. So yes, oh, get in as soon. Do we know the date that registration opens we for Disneyland Paris? We know absolutely nothing at the moment other than okay. the, the dates that it's going to be happening. Be sure you set an alarm in your scheduler. You need to register try to register the hour it opens because i i'd anticipate this one you guys have been waiting for this for a while i anticipate yeah. it probably selling out all the disney world and disneyland ones sell out pretty much day one wow, wow. okay so we need to be really on on this as soon as it happens you do Okay. You do. You need to know you're doing it and absolutely do it right away. Some of the some of the runs go a couple of days, but the, the the big ones like like I signed up for the Dopey, uh, which again is those four runs every yeah. January, and that sells out within hours. Right. Okay. So it's up early and get it booked and done and ready to go. Okay. So now, just to give you a little, uh, also a little bit more um, look into the cost. So I said it's 175 for the marathon or half at Walt Disney World. But now go over to Disneyland; they charge more. It's a premium out there for whatever reason. I think it has to do with the fact that in Walt Disney World, your entire run, even the full marathon, is all Disney property. Right. Over uh, at Disneyland, they have to work with the city of Anaheim a little bit and coordinate some things. I think that adds to the cost at Disneyland. And also, there's not enough. There's not as much room uh, as far as the uh, participation level cap as well. The entry, you know, the amount yeah. of entries. Yeah. So Disneyland is one hundred and ninety nine dollars wow. for the half marathon. OK, mm. that is a lot more. So you guys might be more in that range because because uh, I'm assuming that in Paris you're going to run a little bit through off Disney actual property as well, and there might be a cap in space. I don't know. It'll, it'll be interesting to know what is actually off Disneyland Paris property because they've been given an allocated amount of land, but they haven't developed on most of it, and oh. the French government might yeah. take some of it back. It's possible. And so then just the other the other thing is that the 10K is about 105 for Disney World, 110 for Disneyland, and a 5K will run you uh, 65 at Disney World and 75 at Disneyland. Okay, so it's it's a, a fairly heavy investment in the yeah. sense that you know you, you're not going to sign up for it and then go, oh, I won't bother or I'm not going to do it now. It's and are those metal metals plastic or metal? Um, all <laughs> all the. <laughs> The 5Ks are uh, plastic rubber metal. They're, they're rubber, soft rubber metals. Yeah. Right. Uh, 10K, half, and full are all uh, actual metal metals. So, right, okay. Yeah, this is so, so that's why they cost a bit more. Yes. So, do you want to talk us through the registration process then? So you sign up, you paid your money. How you know you've got thousands of people who are turning up to run this marathon? How did Disney go about registering this, organizing this, and getting the race off to a start? You know, it's actually very, very well organized. You, you sign up. I'm assuming that they'll add this to the RunDisney.com website. I would think so because it's all part of Run Disney. So your registration is pretty easy on, on the website. Definitely know that when you're going to register uh, to, to sign up for this run, it's going to take you a little bit of time. Have all, have all your information ready. Um, if you've run past runs, yeah. to have your in their qualifying runs within the past year and if people who actually have done that know exactly what i'm talking about so i won't go into detail about that but have those ready to punch into the numbers because that will tell you uh where you're starting 
they're okay. called corrals, and there's various corrals on run day, and yep. they'll tell you where you're starting. The faster people start in corral A, and then they go back for they go back B C D E, however far back they yep. go, as the slower you get. Now, if you you could basically put in the time, if you're if you're not you know if you're not a seasoned runner, you could basically put in the the highest time eligible like in there which is usually for half marathon is three hours and 30 minutes okay and, and you basically put in about three hours to three and a half hours if you don't have a qualifying time to yeah. submit to them yeah. so uh have, have all that ready you're gonna have to sign up on on the like a uh, outside disney site because they actually use a uh, uh, a different site to um like keep track of all their, you know, so like it's not like well, it's not all contained on the Disney sites, I yeah. guess. So definitely have all your info ready, have your credit card info ready um, at Disney. Know your shirt sizes going into things again, because I'm anticipating this. You, you kind of have to get through the checkout process quick because they they sell out. At least here, this is, it's pretty rapid. And okay. so have all that info ready. You got to know your shirt sizes. And if you want. They offer pins and stuff. At least they do for the Disney World, Disneyland one. So know if you want to buy that stuff or not. So you're not taking time uh, figuring that out there too. So once you sign up, you're going to get your registration emails. And uh, what you're going to do on uh, on the run days, I'm assuming you guys are going to have a race expo too. I'd like to think I you guys are. We do. Well, yeah. And that's the usually the day before the very first run. And you go to that, and you bring all your info there. You don't really need anything there, but she, to save some time, you'll want to print the race waiver uh, beforehand, and you'll get an email about that. You could also do it at the event, but I like to do it beforehand so you're not waiting in line. Uh -huh. uh, it's very easy there. They have it all split up alphabetical by name, and they have booths with group of last, groups of last names. You just go there. Uh, you bring that. You want your form of ID. You'll sign up. They'll give you your race bibs, your T-shirts, and you'll be all set to go. Usually, that process honestly takes only a only a few minutes, uh, depending on the line to actually get into the expo. Sometimes there's a longer line, but I'd, I'd give yourself, you know, depending on what time of day you go, it could be anywhere from a few minutes to an hour to to actually get through that process. Okay. And that's usually the day before your actual run. Uh, you can't, you, you don't want like if you say you were doing the half marathon on a on a Sunday. You need to have done that either that Thursday, Friday, Saturday before okay. the run. You can't right. just show up on run day and expect to be running. Okay, uh, you have to go to the to to get your bibs and all that beforehand. What sort of time does the race start? Uh, here we start the runs at five a.m. Wow! And I, again, I it, it's hard for me to speak uh, of how it's going to run in Disneyland Paris, but. Say I'm doing a Walt Disney World run here. Uh, I, because of road shutdowns and stuff like that, you have to get there before they start shutting down the roads. Yeah. So you're getting there about two hours before your run. Um, usually I'm, I'm getting, yeah, usually I'm getting into Epcot somewhere between 4 and 4.30 in the morning. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. And uh, you're standing around, and I don't know what September weather's like in Paris. Um, but it should be reasonably mildest it shouldn't be too hard yeah, it shouldn't it shouldn't be too be bad. Bad. Yeah. okay that's good because you know we're doing uh, you guys laugh you know yes i do have beautiful orlando weather but in january honestly we obviously get some cold days well, here i've heard and of reports of snow on uh, the, the start line before now people tweeting I, out snow yeah i've heard that too you know we we had 30 degree temperatures this past uh, one and wow. but it warms up so quickly here that you know you're dressed you, you basically what they do is you 
could wear layers and toss them off to the side of the road. Disney collects them and gives the stuff to charity, actually. Oh, wow. Which okay. Is really, which is really neat. Um, but anyway, yeah, you're you be ready to stand around for about two hours before you, you start running. I mean, if you're one of the earlier runners that kick off, you know, around 530, around 530, you're, you sh- you're fine. You know, you, you're probably standing for an hour. But each corral goes off every five to ten minutes. And yeah. say you're in corral F or E, you're going to be waiting a little while. Okay. Mm. Right. Well, um, just before you move on. I just wanted to quickly point out a story that Jim Hill had pointed out in the Disney Dish a few episodes ago. Yeah. And that was referring to when um, Run Disney actually started off over at Walt Disney World. And there were the day of the launch of the, the actual race, they were had the press people there already to take photographs. And the one thing that they didn't expect people to do was what happened just before race time. They had people in the corrals all ready to go. And then people started to leap over the corral fencing run to the sides, and empty their bowels. Oh, no! And uh, they didn't expect it. Apparently, this is this is a thing that runners do, apparently. Not necessarily in the bushes, but apparently it's one of the things that oh, no. you do. So anyway, Disney were quickly, rapidly stopping people there, taking the photographs for the press launch. <laughs> and um, uh, I think they've provided lots of toilets since. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. There are thousands of hoarder bodies. There you go, then. So Michelle, is, is that persuaded you to join us? Um, the idea of emptying my bowels at the start is oh, a not, bit scary. Not at that bit. You don't, you, know, you don't have to join us for that bit. I'm just <laughs> the race in general. Um, it does, but obviously I'd forgotten what Nick had said about having to go the day before to register. I think that might be the only hurdle I'd need to sort of get over. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, we'll do the half marathon on the Sunday, so I've got to be there by the Saturday. My, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of like you. I, I work in a school. I can't go out on a Thursday. But what I will often do is travel on a Friday. So I'll get a late night flight on a Friday or an early night flight on a Saturday morning or something like that and go for a weekend, come back Sunday night. So it's, I suppose it's possible. It all depends on where your local airport is, whether or not you can get a flight and, and do it that way. But um, we'll, we've got, a lot of time to talk about this so i don't really want to go into the sort of a lot of detail about you know race strategy or um you know how you're going to get there and that sort of stuff no doubt i'm sure nick will come on and join us again at some point and talk a little bit more about about the race as we get closer because it's not until september 2016 but thank you nick um no problem we- I, and i just want to say it is if you're even on the fence about it it's totally worth it yeah. I, I can't I'd so look forward to the experience every single year and yep. the medals are amazing all hanging on my wall and they're so beautiful they're such a great Disney collectible that you earn and it feels so good it really does and it does you know and, and honestly if you've not if you thought about running and you haven't been I it's weird I don't know whether you get the same thing Alan but I mm. have this strangest feeling of pride when I get in from having even been out for a half an hour run and I know for a fact that I've come back and I've been able to do it you kind of feel so proud of yourself that you've been able to do it. And, you know, and, and, it, and it is strange because all I've done is go running around the streets of my village. But, <laughs> but yet you feel amazing that you've done it and you've been, you yeah. feel so much better for it. So totally. I dread to think what I'm going to be like at the end of finishing a half marathon. I think one of the other things to remember is that because we're talking about September 2016, if you do fancy doing it, you've got more than enough time to train yeah. for this. You know, start um, off slow. Uh, totally. We, we me, me and Adam have been doing the couch to 5k. 5k yeah it's really easy it takes it's about an eight week 
program. I'm, I've slipped. I've not been very well for about a week and a half, so I'm going to need to take a couple of steps back and, yeah. and kind of carry on. But I'm determined but, to get there. You know, I've, I've set myself a target of June to do a 5K with um, uh, my cousin. Uh, we've decided we're going to do our first 5K in June. So, you know, we're going to build up from there. And, and, you know, if you just do it, give it a go. And, and hopefully you'll join us out there in September 2016. And I think the first steps is when you when you start doing the Couch to 5K, I think you run for two minutes, walk for one minute or yeah, something like that. It is. It's really, really simple to start off. And when you start off, you actually go, oh, I don't know if I can do another minute. It's so hard running. And then when you're actually on to the further weeks and you run 20, 25 minutes, yeah. You actually look back and go, I was struggling at two minutes of running. Yeah, and now all of a sudden, look. It's easy. Yeah. So, um, join us. Say, DisneyBrit.com forward slash DBRT. Sign up. We'll send you out an email in the next week or so, and we'll uh, put out a poll for who we think we should um, we should run for, and we'll, we'll raise some money for charity, and we'll all run it together and, and be part of the inaugural uh, Disneyland Paris Half Marathon. Right, that is that. So, I think, Alan... It's very briefly time for us to talk about some food. Because, of course, when we talk about running, that immediately links to food, does it not? Oh, totally. You've got to have the energy. And that means this. So, we have been making, again, over the past couple of weeks, the brownie bottom cheesecake as part of the Great Disney Brit Cook-Off. Interesting mixture of results this week for the first ever time. I don't know how uh, how you found it. So, um, do you want to talk about your experiences about making this brownie? Um, no problem. Um, right. Well, obviously we we followed the recipe um, that we put onto the website. And um, just to clarify with everyone that's listening, we haven't pre-baked this. We haven't pre-tested the recipe. We don't really know what the recipe is going to turn out like. No. Nope. So whatever you do, and we do at the same time, will be the same results so whether that's a disaster whether it's fantastic we all, all have the same sort of surprises now as i was cooking it no as i was as i was celebrating my daughter's fourth birthday adam rings me up and i miss his call and um i'm, I'm not going to comment on what adam was going to ask me about but when i actually cooked it that night i had to ring adam up <laughs> because our, our recipe that we decided to put on the um, internet onto our website talks about it, you need to have out of, out of the ingredients you've got two cups of sugar which is a lot of sugar by the way um, plain flour a lot of cocoa powder tablespoon no teaspoon of salt bacon powder five eggs two sticks of unsalted butter melted actually mine was salted so um, ah. mine was extra tasty and nowhere in the recipe do we actually mention where we put this um, melted butter. No, I noticed this and I, I realised early enough that I hadn't got the, I got the butter. I didn't know where it was supposed to go because it was missing. Yeah, so I've got a pan of melted butter not knowing where to put it. Um, but uh, we, I guessed at putting it into the brownie mixture. And when I made right. a big sloppy brownie mixture and cooked it for... How long did it have to cook Half it for? Half Half an hour. Yeah. I ended up cooking for 45 minutes oh, okay. to try and dry it out a bit more. Um, but I did notice one thing that Adam did spot, but I'll let him talk about that. Yeah, so uh, I made mine. It's doing absolutely fine. I got my, I was thinking, a baking tin. I thought I'd do it in a cake tin. Absolutely fine, no problems. And then I'd made my brownie mixture. I looked at how much brownie mixture I got and thought, hang on, there's a lot of brownie mixture here. 
an awful lot. And then I looked and it said to put it in a 13 by 9 inch baking pan. And I was like, okay, that's quite big. In fact, that's very big. Um, so I was like, I haven't got a baking pan that big, but I've got a cake tin that was about 13 inches in diameter. And we're talking about, you know, the bottom tier of a wedding cake size tin this was. So I thought, I'm just going to have to go in there. So I, that's exactly what I did. I put it in there and I rang Alan and said, have you made yours yet? What are you going to put it in? Because this is massive. And it turns out that my brownie bottom cheesecake is the size of the bottom layer of a wedding cake. It's just that big. Um, <laughs> we were talking about this and we were sort of saying, well, actually, yeah, because these ingredients, the size that they're making would be probably the size they would serve it in the uh, in the bakery at Boardwalk. It's going to be yeah. exactly that. So we'd, we'd made a cake, which basically was the same size as what they serve at the Boardwalk Bakery. Um, and, you know, other people have made it as well. We had uh, uh, one of the Tomlinson girls sent us an email to say, do make sure you chill it out properly first. Because my husband tasted it just after we'd made it. And he said it was rancid. Uh, yeah. Which isn't a good start, but I hadn't made it yet. And then we put it in the fridge for an hour and it was fine. And it tasted really good. Um, so we made ours, and uh, Alan, how how did your turn out? Um, I've got a list. Well, go on, I, I did on. a slight alteration in the recipe because yeah, of the recipe you said you need two tablespoons of heavy cream yeah. and two tablespoons of sour cream. That's right. And I thought, I am not going to buy sour cream and heavy cream for two tablespoons. It's more than you think, two tablespoons. Well, I basically just bought the heavy cream and poured a glug in. <laughs> but I think I might have poured in more than enough. And it actually was quite nice and creamy. <laughs> yeah, well, mine was. Um, but um, I didn't want to spend the extra money on the uh, sour okay, cream. Fair enough. Well, I did the sour cream and the heavy cream because then we used the sour cream for a chili, so it's fine. Um, Question, guys. Yeah. Can you guys each send me a piece so I could taste test it? I think we should do this. Yeah, we should. I don't know how long it'll last. Um, I'll put it in a jiffy bag. <laughs> yeah, we should try it. Have, it. have Michelle, Nick, have you ever tried this cheesecake from the boardwalk? No. Uh, no. It's great, honestly. Alan, you went so so pleased. Right? Well, I, I like the cheesecake. I like the brownie bottom. But to put them together, I'm, I'm not a fan of chocolatey cheesecakes. Oh, it's amazing. Honestly, I was tasting it thinking, yeah, this is good. We've made some stuff in the past. We made the uh, the carrot cake cookies recently, and they were okay. I um, loved them. They were the best ones, I some think. Some of my friends tried them said they really enjoyed them. But this one, for me, is the winner so far. Mm. Definitely without a shadow of a doubt. Um, so... Um, as we made them, what do we do? Well, we have to get the kids to taste them. Now, you didn't get your kids to taste yours this week, did you? No, I've um, I've been a bit under the weather and a bit behind on but doing But equally, your kids did tomorrow's child and mine hasn't. So, yeah. I think it's time to see what Harry thought. Now, it's become quite notorious that my son has been a little bit dubious over the things that I've been feeding him recently. Ever since the key lime pie about a month ago, of which he thought basically told me it tasted like poo. Um, it was rotten poo, wasn't rotten it? Rotten poo it was. So ever since then, he's been a bit dubious of anything that I've tried to give him. So with that in mind, this is what Harry thought of my bottomless, uh, bottomless brownie <laughs> bottomed cheesecake. Harry, I've got some brownie bottomed cheesecake for you to try. Are you All ready? right. Go ahead. Put your mouth. What do you think? Kinda. Kinda what? Like, I don't like the cheesy cake bit, but I like the brownie bit. You like the brownie, but not the cheesecake. Right, okay. Thanks. I actually do oh. like the cheesecake. Oh, you do? You just took your... Why, why did it take you so long to decide? It's because I needed to taste it a little bit more. Okay, so you like it. 
Yeah. Ooh. There we go. So uh, Harry likes the cheesecake. So we're doing all right now. This is two weeks in a row. So he likes the, the, the carrot cake cookies. He likes the cheesecake. So it could be worse. I think he could become a new um, food critic. Do you reckon? Yeah, the food yeah. critic that always talks with his mouth full. <laughs> so there we go. I think it was a success. You thought it was a success. Which then leads us on to uh, what we need to talk about next. Before we take a quick break, we need to talk about this. Because what we asked the kids to do here this week is, what do you think we should make for our next Disney Brit Bake Off? So we had three entries, and these Excellent. were the three. So Jake starts us off, then we've got Ben, and then we've got Imogen. So what did they say we should make? And I'll be honest with you, I think we're going to struggle. Right, here was Jake's. Hi. Right then, Jake. The boys at Disney Brit want me to ask you another question. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Right, they would like to know if they could make you any Disney snack, what would it be and why? Mine would be hot dogs because I like the cooked sausages and the cooked bread. So you want the boys at Disney Brit to recreate a Casey's hot dog for you? Yeah. Do you think they'll do that? Yeah. Yeah, I think they might as well. Sounds like Thanks, a plan. No, no, about you, I'm well up for that. I'm Bye. well up for that. We're just going to buy hot dogs and put them in bread. <laughs> Could that no, be? you've got to, you've got to put all the extra topping on the, the extra bits and pieces. Yeah, so I can do that. That's not a problem. So and you got to put on a baseball uniform to serve. Is that what I've got to do? <laughs> and it's got to be foot long. That's that's where we'll struggle. Actually, yeah. they do sell some long sausages in um, Asda now. Yeah, are they foot long? The the, there might be 11 inches. Okay, so that might not work. Right, so that one, nice and easy. What about this one? I would like you to make a Mickey bar because I like them. And I would like to see you make them into a Mickey shape. There we go, Mickey bar ice cream. How do you actually make... How would you... I can understand you can actually cut well, a piece of frozen ice cream but how do you then get the chocolate on it yeah, you see well easy I've got a, I've got a Mickey Mouse shaped cutter so I reckon I get ice cream I can put my cutter over the top turn it into a Mickey shape cover it in ice uh, in chocolate stick it in the freezer done stick a stick through the bottom okay so I could do that so that's not too difficult okay well I, I think know. hot dogs are winning so anybody far anybody else get any suggestions hmm anybody else get any suggestions on how to make a Mickey bar ice cream Ooh. I've seen them do it on how it's made, where they get the ice cream shape and then they have like a spray gun to squirt the shot of chocolate uh, ice cream block Genius, with the sure. chocolate. A bit like Heston Blumenthal. So basically, you need one of those paint sprayer things. Yeah. Fill it with chocolate, get some ice cream. Right, do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get Harry to hold a Mickey shaped ice cream on a stick and then just stand there and spray him with chocolate. <laughs> Every kid's best birthday present all wrapped in a one, that. Okay, so that's Mickey Bar ice cream. So what about Imogen? I think it will be nice if you will cook noodles. 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 Or as Harry calls it, Chinese pasta. Hmm. There you go. Uh, can we have some Chinese pasta tonight? Imogen uh, actually originally said cook super noodles. <laughs> oh, is that... Tomorrow, I know the Tomorrowland Terrace noodle station's gone downhill, but super noodles, really? Um, okay, so we've got basically hot dogs, 
Mickey bar ice cream or noodles? Oh, I think we'll have to have a chat about this after the show. Yeah, we'll have out. a chat about it and we'll, we'll come up with something different, um, which we're going to create. So that's absolutely fine. Okay, so we will put something up on the website for you to have a go at and, and follow along. Um, and we'll see what happens with regards to those three. Now, the next one we want you to send in for, this is thanks to Vicky Wells. She's come up with this one. And it was something that actually Ben, who was on there a second ago for the Mickey Bar ice cream, suggested. He wants um, to have the opportunity to describe an attraction of which I've got to guess. Ooh. Right, so they're going to describe. Like a quiz. They're going to describe a ride, and I've got to guess what that ride is. I like there it. Then. There we go. So if you've got if you've got a child who wants to have a go at describing a Disney attraction, send it in, and I will attempt to guess what that Disney attraction is. Okay, so there we go. So you can send it into radio at disneybrit.com. We'll find out what happens. Who knows? Maybe I will guess it. Maybe I will not. I have no idea. Anyway, we're going to take a very quick break. We're going to talk to Michelle in a minute, a little bit about Disneyland, and uh, be back in a second. Hey, I have the best-kept Disney World and Universal Studios vacation secret. Did you know that anyone can rent a sweet ride and truly get around fast with your pass inside the theme parks? Mom, tell them. Well, Scooter Vacations makes it fun all day long. You or someone you love deserves the best way to see everything. So why not relax and enjoy a true express ride with your pass? Scooter Vacations can arrange it and even deliver it to you. Get around the fun way? Have as much fun getting from ride to ride as being on the ride. They fit on buses, boats, and monorails, and some can fit in a car trunk. Upgrade your experience and scoot everywhere. Contact Scooter Vacations at 1-855-WDW-SCOOT. That's 1-855-WDW-SCOOT. Or on the web at scootorlando.com. That's S-C-O-O-T orlando.com. S-C-O-O-T orlando.com. Howdy, folks. Please keep your hands and arms inside the train and remain seated at all times. Now then, hang on to them hats and glasses, because this here's the wildest ride in the wilderness. Right then, we're heading over to the west. See what I did there? Wild I was going to say they want to do that for Pipes of the Caribbean. Is that what it is? Hold on to your hats and glasses. Keep your fingers and toes Keep inside the ride at all times. Because this here is going to be the finger losing... Anyway. You end up like Captain Hook. So, uh, do you know what? I've even, I've even gone as far as to find this. Get this for you. Here we go. Some Paradise Pier music for Michelle. There we go. Oh, thank um, you. So, Michelle. Yes. Disneyland, okay? You've been out to Disneyland quite a lot recently. It's one of the places I've not yet been to. It's on my bucket list of places I must go before I finally disappear. Um, now, one of the, thing, the biggest problems or for me is how far away it is. I can get to Disney World quicker. Um, yes, it's the original. I understand that. But it's more expensive for me to go to California. There's not as much for me to do over in California. And it's about, you know, I go over there for my main summer holiday. Is it really that different to Walt Disney World and to Disneyland Paris as well, I suppose? So we wanted to talk to you a little bit about what it is that you love about Disneyland that makes you keep going back there. And, um, you know, what for you are some of the big differences between the two? So start us off then. You've, you've been, what, probably three, four times recently? I went three times in 2014 and I'm going for three weeks this summer. 
Wow, okay. Wow. So you're going out to Disneyland for the same length of time that I would maybe consider going to Walt Disney World, which has your four theme parks, your water parks, etc. At Disneyland, you've got two theme parks. So what is it about Disneyland that, you, that makes you go back so much? For me, it is the original park. Yeah. There is all, all that going on. I've also made and got some fantastic friends over there. Yeah. And because of that link, when I go to California, it's not just the theme parks. I am fitting in visiting other places. So on one of the trips, I went to San Francisco to the Walt Disney Family Museum. Yeah. Drove through Yosemite and then spent some time in Anaheim itself. Um, another trip I went down to Santa Monica, spent some time down there. Mm -hmm. I'm hoping in the summer to tie it in with a trip to Vegas as well. So there are lots of other things you can do while you're on that coast of the States. Okay. For the parks itself, there's just so much to love. And if you go with the idea of comparing it to Walt Disney World, it's you're not you're not gonna get get it because it isn't Walt Disney World it is completely different it's like saying to somebody who keeps horses and cats which do you prefer well yeah. you're going to like your dogs you're going to like your horses you're going to like your cats yeah. you know it, you can't compare the two but you can compare elements so it's a little bit like when people say to us you know we've been to Walt Disney World should we go to Disneyland Paris is it as good as Walt Disney World and we quite often say well they're not the same place they're very very different so it's that kind of idea yeah it is okay. and for me a lot of it is is the whole nostalgia on, on one of the trips I went I did the um their what the, their com their comparative backstage tour if right, you okay. like and you actually got, got to go in the apartment that Walt Disney stayed in yeah while he stayed station. at Disneyland and to see his furniture and to see his bathroom and to see his bedroom and it was like wow yeah do you know what I mean and you get a real understanding of the man and you know I was very lucky to go to Griffiths Park which isn't too far out from the theme park where Walt got the original idea for building Disneyland as well cool so is, is there Walt's apartment all spick and span, or is it a bit like um, Bob Hoskins' office in Roger Rabbit? It is spick and span. At the moment, you're not able to visit it, and they do have a docent responsible for the upkeep of the apartment. There are certain elements. You, it is quite small. I will say that. It's very mm -hmm. tiny, and there is an element that you're not allowed to go near. Um, it's all roped off, which is the seating area. Yeah, right. Um, but it is... It's just so spooky to think. Oh, he sat on that. He sat over there, and mm. he looked out of that window, mm. and it's amazing. Yeah, it would be good if he'd still got his face marks pressed against the glass. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty certain they've probably cleaned, cleaned it since, since then. A big greasy nose spot. <laughs> what about you, Nick? What's what for you is the biggest difference between Disneyland and Walt Disney World? Well. Obviously, the, the first thing everybody notices is the size, but you kind of get over that yeah. rather quickly. One thing that's very striking to me is how when they built Walt Disney World, they knew they had the size to make the transitions in between the lands yeah. much more smooth. Yeah. And so at Disney World, at Disney World you, you have these slow transitions into each of the lands. At Disneyland, it's like, bam, it's right there. Mm. 
and you know the whole line of sight thing you could see other things from other lands yeah. it's just not as hidden mm-hmm. it's not as well done but they didn't have the space to do it and at disney world they did all the things they would have liked to do at disneyland so you kind of the... you kind of appreciate the learning curve i suppose yes yeah. yes so mm-hmm. if you've been to both it's very fun to kind of go around and kind of appreciate you know that this was this was here first but then see the differences in how they were able to do what they really wanted to at Walt Disney World as far as that goes. Okay. As far as attractions goes, I mean, you know, obviously Disneyland has its has its attractions that no one else has. And I think Disneyland actually does the a lot of the attractions that Disney World also has. I think Disneyland does many of them better. Mm-hmm. I really do. The I actual agree. attractions. Yeah. So what's what's kind of your favorite attraction that you find in Disneyland that you find in Disney World? Is there one that you think, yeah, that's definitely by far the best one out of Pirates. Okay. Yes. The original Pirates. Um, it's longer. It's got additional um, rooms that you go through. Okay. It's about four and a half minutes longer. Oh, wow. You have two drops. Yeah. And it is awesome. I hands really, down. it's my favorite Pirates oh, out of the careful two. Careful with your hands. Well, they have the problem. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They hands the, up. They obviously had the problem in Disney World that they couldn't dig down too far because of the water table level, mm-hmm. and that was one of the biggest differences. That they said that they wanted the Pirates to be longer than it was. So Disneyland wins then. Okay. Story-wise, yeah. how does that work? Is it does the story flow better than the one at, at Walt Disney World, or? Um, there are some very cute scenes as you go through the bayou yeah. and you're going through the Blue Bayou restaurant as well, um, which I gather is similar to Paris. Yeah. And you go through the captain's bedrooms and the shipwreck scene okay. before you have like the misty image. And then you start the story then. And then the fire scene towards the end at Disneyland is quite extensive. So it sounds like the Paris version and the California version are a lot similar. Mm-hmm. to the others okay that's cool and but another this- thing that you get in disneyland which is just awesome is they do the christmas makeovers you've got it's a small world holiday you've got haunted mansion holiday yeah. and obviously the same that happens in walt disney world but you get jingle cruise as well and those three are just magical uh, well i was going to ask about haunted mansion because that is my all-time favorite attraction and it you know, I'd love to be able to see the original as Walt Disney expected it to be, um, mm-hmm. and they obviously give it that overlay. Is, is it a very different style ride to the to the Disney World version, or are they very similar? There is an element that is quite different in Walt Disney World. You're used to getting onto the Doom buggy and going through the portraits and the library, etc., yeah. area in the buggy whereas in disneyland you you walk that element okay so again it sounds like there's some similarities between that and disneyland Paris. yeah admittedly if you're just doing haunted mansion disneyland haunted mansion walt disney world yeah. without adding in the christmas halloween makeover yeah. i would go walt disney world because it's got the amazing interactive bit of the queue which yes. i find really enjoyable okay. and i i personally do like the mansion in walt disney world but because you get the Christmas and Halloween makeover, mm-hmm. that just blew my mind at Christmas. It was, it, I just imagined a few bits of trimmings, but they literally cleared virtually everything and just nightmare before Christmas everywhere. Okay, wow. Yeah, I, I, I'd love to see that overlay. It'd be amazing. Mm-hmm. Now, the one attraction that's always intrigued me and I've heard so much about is Indiana Jones. <laughs> is it really as good as everyone says it is? Um, 
the first time I went on Indiana Jones, I was like, well, is that it? I, I didn't get it. I didn't really? get it right. at all. Um, but then the second time I went on the front row and I got a totally different perspective and I really enjoyed it. I found it very pleasurable. It is the same track system as you've got for Dinosaur yeah. in Animal Kingdom, don't yeah. get me wrong. But the scenery, the theming inside is really good. Okay. It wouldn't be in my top ten of Disneyland attractions, but it is good. Okay, so let's move over a little bit to California Adventure then. That's had one hell of an over overhaul since um, since it originally opened. So what's your experience of that? Because that's obviously a very different park to a lot of the others that are open uh, around the world. Yeah. Um, well, firstly, you have the Buena Vista Street area mm -hmm. and my one of my favourite Disneyland eateries, which is Cafe Circle and... The food there is absolutely top-notch. It's really good. You can't, though, go to DCA without talking about Cars Land. Yeah, of course. And, oh, it is literally like walking into the movie set. Honestly, is it is so immersive. It was such a pleasure as well at Christmas, and I'll keep mentioning Christmas, but each little bit of Cars Land had their own Christmas decoration. Yeah themed around that area so you had christmas trees made out of tires and it was just brilliant and then you get to the cars land big attraction which is radiator springs races and the indoor dark ride element of it yeah. is stunning absolutely stunning and you go out after you've gone either through the spray spray booth or the tires yeah. and you just get this vista of the most incredible view yeah. straight out of the movie and it, it, it does take your breath away. So Nick, are you would you say this was one of the best themed areas ever created by Disney? Uh, Car uh Cars, Cars Land, Land yeah. is the best thing Imagineers have ever built as far as a full uh, themed land. Um, like she said, it, it's like walking into the actual Radiator Springs. And the thing I love about it is it's a living, breathing place. Yeah. Mater and Lightning, they drive around mm -hmm. the streets. They talk to people. Oh, wow. Get your pictures taken with them. I mean, it, it's incredibly magical. And every night, and, and make sure you ask a cast member exactly what time they're going to do this every night because it changes with sundown. Yeah. But every night, they turn on all the lights on the street and it's it happens at you know a, a certain time and it's just absolutely wonderful to stand there and witness that because it's gorgeous because one of the things i love about california adventure is it seems to have the largest number of attractions that don't exist in any other park i know we've got soaring over california but you've got things like grizzly river run you've got monsters inc uh mike and sully to the rescue mm -hmm. you know these are all attractions that we don't experience is it is it Kind of a are the attractions different enough for it to be a really different experience? For me personally, yes, you've got a fantastic roller coaster, um, California Screaming, yeah. you've got Mickey's Fun Wheel, which scares the living daylights <laughs> out of me, but is amazing. Yeah. You've mentioned the Monsters Inc. ride, which is absolutely fantastic, and at the moment, you've got the whole Frozen Fun area, yes, which is mind blowingly awesome. It is just fantastic theming and a wonderful way to spend a morning or an afternoon just yeah. playing in the snow okay 
So it's, it does sound like it's a, a big a big enough difference, particularly a California Adventure, for somebody who's kind of wants to, to see something a little bit different to go there. Let's, um before we wrap up, let's talk a little bit about nighttime entertainment because um, the original Fantasmic exists in Disneyland um, and then you've got World of Colour in Disney in California Adventure. How different is Fantasmic in Disneyland to, to Disney World? Well, the first big difference um, for me is that you can't s- sit on a bench. Yeah. You have to sit on the floor or you stand up. Yeah. And it is quite common in Disneyland, even for watching the main fireworks displays on Main Street, to sit on the floor. Yeah. So that doesn't seem to phase people. You are still on the old legacy fast pass system, so to view Fantasmic, you get a fast pass. Okay. It is. I prefer the Disneyland version. Um, they utilise the Columbia the Columbia Harbour ship, and they utilise the Mark Twain. Yeah. And they have the most amazing dragon element. I personally prefer the Fantasmic. Yeah. World of Colour is outstanding. It is unique, and if you love seeing, say, for example, the fountains that you see at the Blasio, the same company did these fountains, and they have projections on them, and I can't watch it without tears coming to my eyes. It is just so amazing. And which of the two would you prefer, watercolour or Fantasmic? I personally prefer Fantasmic. Okay. um, But obviously you've got to bear in mind what's coming this summer. Yeah, in Disneyland, yeah. you have got paint the night coming over from Hong Kong. Yeah. I've seen vehicles already being delivered to Disneyland, and that is just going to blow everybody's minds because they've not had a nighttime parade at Disneyland for quite a while. Yeah. So that's going to be fantastic. Oh, well, I think you've sold me, definitely. Alan, are you, are you coming with me? Um, th- there's only one thing that I want to really find out about, about really, because I'm a hardened Geordie alcoholic drinker. <laughs> yeah, go on. And and that's um Trader Sam's. <gasps> oh, Trader Sam's. Oh my heavens. Um I I'll give you a tip. Don't go mm-hmm. for a piranha pool drink because I drank one, sat under the heated outdoor lighting and was quite badly pearly. Right. It is really good fun. And yeah. I a friend of mine, Paul Barry, who does the Window to the Magic podcast, yeah, yeah, he yeah. has a weekly meet there every Friday. And I, when I'm in California, I always go there and meet up with him. And it's it's a really nice eatery. It's next door to Tongaroa Terrace, which offers some really unique food items. Yeah. yeah. So, And while I'm talking, just very briefly, I know you're wanting to wrap up, but the food at Disneyland itself is amazing. If you bear in mind... It's a locals market, so they're really trying to attract the locals to come and eat at yeah. the parks, yeah. and the food is so much better. Okay. It's awesome. That's good to know. Yeah, the Monte Cristo sandwich is something that I just I, I just can't say enough about. It is just the weirdest, the most wonderfulest thing ever. Fab. Well, I, I've heard about the Monte Cristo. Mm-hmm. Is it really? Yeah, it is it in New Orleans Square. They've yeah. yeah, you can get it in two places, the Blue Bayou or in Cafe Orleans. Okay. And basically, for us Brits, we would probably understand it as a bit of bread around ham, cheese and turkey. Right. And then in like a donut batter type thing, and it's deep fried and covered in powdered sugar. And okay. sweet, a sweet sandwich. A sweet sandwich, and it comes with raspberry dipping sauce. Yeah. And... 
you need to share it with someone because I've got I'm a I've got a big appetite. I can't eat a whole one. Okay. Mm. So I have to give those a try. Well, you've sold it for me without a doubt. And they say Disneyland's one of the things I want to do. And not only because Disneyland's there and California Adventures there as well, but also you know it's the home of movies, and I'm a massive film fan. Mm. So the opportunity to go and see the real Universal Studios and the real Warner Brothers and all that sort of stuff is yeah. a massive selling point for me. Um, yeah. So without a shadow of a doubt, and we've always had this idea. We always quite fancy um, driving Route 66, so flying into Chicago, driving Route 66, and ending that trip with with a few days in California doing Disneyland and that sort of stuff. So you know, yeah. you've I, sold it. I think you've also added the other element into it that, for example, Paul Barry does his meet of the. Well, I was going to say meet of the month. Meet of the week. It, <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think that adds another element to it. Actually, going to meet and socialize with other like-minded people. Yeah. Um, that's that's the big difference for Disneyland for me because it's it's a different e- environment. People just go there to chill out, yeah. and probably so many days when I've been there, just hanging out with people, we've probably maybe done one or two attractions, and that's it because it's more social. You meet yeah. up with people and chat and meet and mingle with people a lot more than you would perhaps at Disney World, where it's like ride after ride after ride after ride. Mm. Excellent. Well, I, I'm sold. So definitely, sounds good to me. Right. Well, we're, we're running long again, as we always do. Uh, but it's not a problem. But I think it's time that we did the final section for today's show, which is this. So we're talking Disney's Ultimate Attraction, and we're continuing working through all of those different pairings that we've got. We've got four more for you this week. We're going to be looking at uh, Tom Sawyer Island versus Beauty and the Beast live on stage, Fantasmic versus Winnie the Pooh, uh, The Circle of Life versus Dumbo, and Grand Fiesta Tour versus Spaceship Earth. Let's see which ones you have put through. So we start off with our first pairings. It's Tom Sawyer versus Beauty and the Beast live on stage. Let's very quickly go through. Alan, which one would you have voted for? Um, I would have probably gone Tom Sawyer's Island, yep. but I know that my wife wouldn't agree with me. Okay, so you're not a, not a fan of Beauty and the Beast live on stage? Um, I, I just think that Beauty and the Beast live on stage, I, I could see it in the theatre in, in the UK. It's very much similar to what is on there. Um, I don't think it's anything unique, whereas going around Tom Sawyer's Island, going in the, rock, the caves, um, not actually being able to see where you're going because it's so pitch black. Yeah. Um, going on some climbing equipment that's covered in spiders, you know, I think that's um, all unique stuff. Okay, Michelle, which one would you have chosen? Oh, can I say I want both? I'm being picky, sorry. No, you're only allowed oh. to have one. You can't have them both. So if you were told, gun gun to your head, you've got to save Tom Sawyer Island or Beauty and the Beast live on stage. Tom Staggs is there with a gun to your head. Which one are you getting rid of? Um, well, I quite like Tom Sawyer Island because all the little kiddies go over there and leave the park for me. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, and I haven't seen Beauty and the Beast on stage, so uh, uh, I'll go with that one because I haven't seen it yet. Okay, then so Beauty Tom and the Beast. Island, so you're going for Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. Okay. Fab. Right. So Beauty and the Beast is staying. Tom Sawyer Island. Uh, so you've all voted. I must admit, if it was me, I'd go Tom Sawyer Island. Boy, Beauty and the Beast live on stage is old now. Um, it's not been the same since Four for a Dollar. We're introducing it. So Tom Sawyer Island. Even though we voted for it, goes out. Beating the Beast live on stage goes through to the next round. Believe it or not, Beating the Beast live on stage is actually beating it. I can't believe that either. But there you go. But I suppose you could you can knock down Tom Sawyer Island. You can put like Avatar there or something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no. Right. So uh, next up was Fantasmic versus Winnie the Pooh. So I'll start off. 
quite easy. Phantasmic, my favourite nighttime attraction. Nothing will beat it. Therefore, I'd vote Phantasmic. It's that simple. Michelle, which one would you go for? Phantasmic. No, uh, no, it's not difficult, is it? Alan? Winnie the Pooh. Wow, no way. <laughs> Why not? Really? Over yeah, that, that's um, hallucinogenic, crazy... I was going to say a horrible word there. Crazy aspect of a ride. <laughs> Very good. like that. Um, when, when this sort of... I don't know what sort of creature it is. It's, it's like an elephant thing that blows a, a smoke ring uh, in your yeah, face. Oh, yeah, the heffalump. Yeah, I, I think that's part of the attraction alone, does it? Let alone the hopping around in a an attraction that's... So you're going for that? You're going, yeah. you're going for... I can't believe you're going for Winnie the Pooh over Fantasmic. Plus you've got a honey wall in the queue. Well, it doesn't matter anyway, because um, Winnie the Pooh received half the amount of votes as Fantasmic does. So Fantasmic goes oh. through, Winnie the Pooh goes out. See Boom. ya. You're not doing very well tonight. Um, yeah, so... This time round, right, what are you going for? The Circle of Life versus Dumbo. Alan, which one are you knocking out? Which one are you keeping in? Circle of Life is amazing. It's got the best quote Shut ever. Shut up. Is it amazing? What's the best quote? Damn. Yeah, okay. That bit is quite funny. And I must admit, when I last watched it, I did laugh out loud at that particular moment. Um, However. <laughs> okay. It is just a film yeah. that's stuffed in a room in the corner of the Land Pavilion. And, strangely carpeted walls in the in the queue area i actually when i saw oh, that on that weird on the walls i did think i wonder how they hoover that <laughs> i think we've had this <laughs> conversation before <laughs> but uh it is one of the weird things but um i, I, I think dumbo has now got a better queuing system yes for the attraction makes, itself makes i don't difference. like the idea of the attraction the I think queuing it's a bit... system makes such a huge difference honestly it's so much more pleasurable now I want to go on Dumbo. Well, I don't want to go on Dumbo. I want to go on the queue, really. I want to go in the climbing frames, but I don't know if I'm allowed to. No, you're not. But there's some lovely seats you can sit and watch your child run around in it and see them the whole time they're going around. Yeah. So for that reason, I'll, I'll keep Dumbo for the queue. Okay, so you're keeping Dumbo. I'm going Dumbo because, again, Circle of Life, as you say, yeah, it's got that one funny moment. But actually, the film's old enough now that you know when you sit and watch it and you can see all the grainy quality on the screen. You're like, yeah, you definitely know it's old when... You know, and it's been there too long when that happens. So I'm getting rid of the Circle of Life. I'm going to keep Dumbo. Michelle, what would you keep? What would you get rid of? Definitely keeping Dumbo. I think the fact that you've got two side by side spinners yeah. and you've got the lovely indoor covered play area for the kids just to get out of the humid Florida sunshine yeah. is amazing. Yeah, so we're all going Dumbo. Most of you went Dumbo as well. Five people voted for Circle of Life. Who are you, five people? I don't get this. <laughs> Clearly, the five the, the ones that like the, the quote. five people who are still laughing at that quote. They just get up every morning and go, <laughs> "Damn." The, the um, one thing I'm going to quickly add though about Dumbo, on. I've I've not been on it with the the new queue system. When I yeah. went last went on it, the queue was not quite open yet. I'm concerned that there's not much of a queue on the ride anymore. And will my kids get enough time in that climbing frame? Um, I've had both experiences. I've had an experience where we've had about ten minutes in there, and I've had an experience where we haven't needed to go in at all. We can go straight through. Hmm. So it does alter. Can, can you specially request? Yeah, you can. Queue? You can go in if you want to. You can go in and play in that play area before you go through if you want to. There's no. Right, okay. You don't yeah. have to hand your pager in once it buzzes. You can no, stay in as long as you like. You want, but it's up to you. But ah. Okay, so Dumbo goes through, which means our last pairing is the Grand Fiesta Tour with the three Cableros versus Spaceship Earth. Well, Spaceship Earth is a classic. Um, it's had its update. I know since Judy came in, it's not quite been the same, and I think it's lost a little bit of its appeal, a little bit about what it was about. But I still think it's a really great attraction. 
Grand Fiesta Tour, the original incarnation, we all know was not great. You know, it, it didn't show Mexico off in the best of lights. It did improve when we got the three Caballeros in, and I think it made it a better attraction. But it's still an attraction that I kind of... I would... It's... Three, the, the, the Grand Fiesta Tour is kind of one of those attractions that you would expect to see in one of those lower quality theme parks in the UK. Yeah. Where they've come up with an idea and they haven't quite executed it as well as they could have done. There's a, a, a Drayton Manor Park, which is near me, there's a horrendous attraction called the Pirate Adventure, which is quite clearly a rip-off of Pirates of the Caribbean. And it's almost like the Grand Fiesta Tour is a rip-off of a really good version of an attraction about Mexico. Um, so, for me, Grand Fiesta Tour cannot beat Spaceship Earth. So I'm putting Spaceship Earth through. Michelle? Um, I once got stuck on the Three Caballeros ride and it well. was the worst 45 minutes of my life. Have you lost a finger? Oh, I, I, do you know what? I nearly bit my finger off just to get <laughs> out of there quicker. Um, so that's oh. not for me. You can't have Epcot without Spaceship Earth. I'm sorry. It is the park's icon. So I'm going to keep that one. Okay. What about you, Alan? Well, I, I sort of agree with um, the aspect, aspect, I can't even say my words now, it's the cold kicking in properly. It is. Um, the three Caballeros, can't even say it properly, yep. is a rubbish ride. It's like Small World <laughs> meets a rubbish ride. <laughs> and then takes like, out all the dolls. Now, I don't know if you've been to Alton Towers. Yeah. They've got um, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Oh, which is horrendous. Now, although it's got a good... Well, I say a semi-good end. end where you yeah. go into the glass elevator, which is right. basically a stand-up simulator where you jiggle around. Yeah. Um, you go past several elements that are very similar to the Grand Fiesta Tour, as in you're in the boat, and off to the right-hand side or the left-hand side is a, a film screen, yeah. and they're showing a film on loop. That's right. And you never quite synced right with it, and it doesn't quite work. And, you know, it's, it's, it's hardly, I don't know, What's it, Harry Potter and the Forbidden Journey, where you've got the ride synced with a nice video screen. Play, uh, just... see, see Disney Brits Bite Size for that reference. Yeah, it's just so rubbish. So anyway, so yeah, I'm, I'm not a big fan of that. Although I do love the Mexican Pavilion, I think that's fantastic. Yeah, I love the Pavilion. Um, and I'll be drawn into the Pavilion, and I will go on the ride, but only because I like the Pavilion. Yeah. Um, Spaceship Earth has to win, even though it's 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 your Vic Viking Center. That's what that is. <laughs> Oh, our poor American listeners have no idea what you're talking about when you say that. I see what you mean, yeah. No, I, Although your Vic Vegan said it's technically Peter Pan's flight. Well, yeah, and technically it is. So, one person voted for Grand Fiesta Tour over Spaceship Earth. Is this one person? I'm convinced they're doing it on purpose. They don't it's the try one person. And, whoever this one person is, I don't. It's not you, is it, Michelle? Definitely not. Right, I don't know who this is, but they need to stop doing this now. Um, so we've got one person voted for Grand Fiesta Tour, and everybody else voted for Spaceship Earth, which means that going through to the next round is Beauty and the Beast Live on Stage, Fantasmic, Dumbo the Flying uh, Elephant, and Spaceship Earth. Our next four brings up some really interesting ones. Okay, we've got Turtle Talk with Crush. That's coming up against Jungle Cruise. Big Thunder Mountain Railroad comes up against It's Tough to Be a Bug. Next one, this is going to be a toughie. Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger Spin comes up against Rock and Roller Coaster starring Aerosmith. Oh, I thought you were going to say Midway Mania. No, and Living with the Land comes up against Splash Mountain. 
I have a feeling mm-hmm. there could be some upsets in the next round. Those four, anyway, are going to be going up on uh, the Disney Brits uh, website, uh, Disney Brits Facebook page. Sorry, you'll be able to vote on those polls if they're not up there already. Check out; they should be up there in the next couple of days, and we will vote on those in the next couple of weeks and see where everything comes in. But that is pretty much it for today's show. We don't want to keep you any longer because I'm sure some of you've been listening to this forever and all want to go to bed. So it's time for this. Woo! At last. Yeah, you've been waiting for this music because Disney went bite size. We have something a little bit different. But anyway, thank you to all of you for joining us this week. We need to thank our wonderful sponsors, Orlando Attraction Tickets. You can go to orlandoattractiontickets.co.uk and of course to scootorlando.com, which are our scooter vacations for any of your EVC electrical needs. Uh, do go over there and check those out as well. A big thank you to Nick, who's had to go, but thank you, Nick, for talking about Run Disney. No doubt he will be back on again at some point. And thank you to Michelle for coming on and joining us thanks michelle thank you very much and where can we hear your dulcet tones more often it's over on the disney dream girls podcast is that right it is indeed that comes out virtually every saturday or sunday and i'm also on the avengers podcast I as well it was, yeah and what are the web addresses for those two it's just the same it's disney dream girls or the avengers and you can find us on all of your social media places under those two shows oh fab and talking about social media you can of course go to our facebook page which is facebook.com forward slash disney podcast and over on twitter you can uh, follow us on at disney brit and you can comment and follow along with any of those things we have all sorts of conversations with all sorts of people with things that are going on and you'll hear about all the latest news about all sorts of bits and pieces over on those two as well you can of course email us on radio at disneybrit.com if you want to send us a tomorrow's child remember it's uh describe an attraction and see if i can guess what it is we're doing that in two weeks reviewers on itunes and of course listen out for disney brit bite size that'll be on next week where we'll be bringing say a weekly show disney brit bite size a slightly different shorter show for you to listen to until we bring the main show in two weeks time and last thing of course contact us 0121 288 2748 but we're back next week with disney brit bite size and in two weeks with a disney brit show until then we'll see you everybody <laughs> that was swell